0: Welcome back Star Wars Time fans. Yes, it's a little bit of a different intro this time. That's because Matt's out on vacation. He's on a beach with his family trying to enjoy his quarantine life away from his house from a bit. Uh, so for... For this episode, it's going to be a solo Nick cast. I didn't want to you know, bother our toy photographer friends too much just to get in a quick cast. Last week, we gave you three and a half hours. This week is definitely going to be less than that. If I babble for three and a half hours by myself, somebody, one of the loyal fandos, needs to, to come to my house and really just kind of beat me over the head with a lightsaber because that's a little bit excessive. Um, we have a few stories to talk about this week. We got some... Uh, some new toy reveals we got some celebration merchandise that's now available for those of you who wanted to grab 2020 merchandise but unfortunately could not go to the con because it didn't happen Uh, you can get that online we got some gamescom news for you so star wars video game news even though it might not be the greatest at least it's some Uh, we have a high republic reveal and we have a nice rumor out there about Mr. Jeff Goldblum potentially joining the Star Wars universe in some way, shape, or form. But before that, um, Matt and I like to give you kind of an update on what we've been doing during our quarantine. And, and really, for me, my biggest update is that I uh, you know, was interviewing for some jobs, had a job interview, um, had my final interview for a position that I'm really excited about, so I'm hoping to get that. And uh, the biggest Star Wars news for me is, one... I updated, I was finally able, for those of you who have listened to the show for a while, I was finally able to update my delivery address for my uh, Darth Revan uh, Black Series Saber. Uh, So that should be arriving to my actual home address now instead of just an apartment that I no longer live at. I believe it should be getting here within the next week or so. So if, if I get it before next week's cast and we will be live streaming that when Matt's going to be back in the, in the pilot seat and I'll be in the co-pilot seat. I will try to show off that saber to you guys. If I get it before we go live, if we don't, then I'll show it to you next week. Um, I have my uh, edition of Thrawn Ascendancy chaos rising also arriving this Thursday, I believe. So aces all around there. I'll give you guys the lowdown on on uh, chaos rising. As soon as I finish the book. Now, as you know, Uh, sometimes I read fast. Sometimes I read slow. So maybe a a, a week after I get it. It may be a month after I get it. So who knows? Uh, but that's on its way. And I'm continuing my playthrough of KOTOR. And one thing, man, that, that for those of you who have played the game and, you know, haven't picked it up in a while, or for those of you who haven't played it at all, like one thing that I want to remind everybody about is the, the nuance that goes into this game. And, and, how your decisions truly affect everything that goes on in this game. Um, and kind of, you know, I'll, I'll throw out a spoiler alert for those of you who, who don't want to be spoiled for a game that came out almost 20 years ago at this point. Um, but, you know, as you progress through the game, you're building relationships with all of these companion characters that you have. So, you know, you have Cartho Nassi, Jolie Bindo, you know, Mission and Zalbar and Candarus and HK-47 and Juhani. And, and, and even T3, you know, even your droid character, like your, your you know, your astromech droid character. So you're building relationships throughout all of these, you know, all of your missions and spending time with all of these characters. And eventually, you know, once you kind of progress your relationship arc far enough with certain characters, you open up options to do missions for them. Uh, you know, with Mission Veo, the, your Twi'lek companion, it's she wants to find her brother. She wants to try to, you know... Uh, she had a bad relationship with him, and the way that things ended was sour. She wanted to see if she could kind of, you know, rekindle that relationship. Um, and in my case, we met up again, and things just didn't go well. You know, they, they did not have this, this grand reunion that you expected. But the one that really got me was uh, Cartho Nassi, so your, your pilot friend that you, that you meet first, you know, um, uh, above anybody other than T3 in the game. Um, eventually throughout the storyline he he realizes that his son Dustil is off on Corban at the Sith Academy um, and you know the relationship between Karth and Dustil did not end well due to the fact that that Karth was not there when his family was killed you know Dustil survived this this raid attack from the Sith on his on his homeworld and um, he just holds a lot of resentment towards um, towards Karth and and towards his father. So eventually throughout that relationship arc, Karth wants you to, to find Dustil and they, he wants to try to, again, salvage that relationship and, and, and really pull him back into the fold and get him away from the Sith Academy, get him away from the dark side. And in order to do that, once you arrive on Korriban, you get to the Sith Academy, you have to, you know, Dustil says that, you have to prove to me that the Sith are bad. I want physical proof that the Sith are bad. And I'm like, man, okay. And it's been a long time since I've played this game. And I can't even remember if I did it correctly the first time. So I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm, I'm going through all of my conversational arcs that you go through with all the characters in the Sith Academy. You have your your primary Sith Master. Then you have the, the apprentice to the Sith Master of the Academy. And... Basically, what happens is you're, you kind of have to choose sides a little bit, you know. At one point during your your time there, the the, the apprentice says, hey, he, you know, you start a conversation arc with her. And she says, hey, I want to overthrow the Sith Master, Duran. I want to, you know, it's, it's my time as a Sith to, to strike him down and then become the Master myself. And I want you to help me. And you have the opportunity to tell that Sith Master about this plot. And uh, I did not do that. And unfortunately, that was one of the only ways that you could uh, get into his chambers where the definitive proof that the Sith are bad, uh, it was hidden. Um, There were some other ways to get in there as well. But before I found out about them, I had progressed too far in the story. And I was eventually at a certain point in that arc on Korriban, once you leave the Sith Academy, you cannot get back in. So once I found out alternative ways to do it, I unfortunately couldn't back in. So Dustal, Cartho uh, Nasty's son, is forever lost to the dark side. R.I.P. Dustal. You, you were a good son at one point to Karth, I'm sure. But you know you know what? You turned to, to the dark side. You're a fucking asshole. So why, why should I try to save you when you can't even save yourself? Uh, so that's kind of what's going on in Star Wars land for me. Um, I also received my Star Wars time shirt from Teespring. I ordered a a, um, a sample for myself. And what's funny is I'm, I'm 90% sure that they sent me the wrong item because I ordered a like an actual T-shirt and not a long sleeve shirt. And I'm looking at my order right right now. It's a Star Wars time T-shirt. On my order from Teespring and they sent me a long sleeve shirt. So um, I'm not too upset about it. But I do have a piece of Star Wars merchandise, Star Wars time merchandise from our Teespring now. I will say that that Spencer, our, our good buddy Spencer Barron over on Instagram has a T-shirt already and he sent us a picture of it and it actually looks uh, far better than the quality of my shirt i don't know if like you know since they were printing a sample and there was no money made off of it they just kind of like here here's like what it would look like and i think spencer's looks far better than mine but uh that i do now have an official piece of star wars time merchandise as one of the co-founders of star wars time show it's hard to believe that i didn't have anything yet you know matt's whipping the hat all the time and as everybody knows I have a weird head and it doesn't fit me correctly, so I can't whip one of those. But now I got the long sleeve. Once winter comes around and we're recording during the wintertime, I will sport that on the live stream to show my love for the thing that I created. <laughs> so um, that is that's the the bit of life updates for me. Um for those of you listening out there, if you listen to this cast before the news comes down, send me some positive vibes, send me some positive force energy, so I can, uh, you know, have a, a good shot at getting this position. Uh, so, so that's that's the updates, and now it's time to jump into the actual Star Wars news uh, for this week. And like I mentioned up in the front, we we had a, a decent bit. It was nothing huge. It was nothing like groundbreaking. The leakers. Uh, who, who predicted the, the Mando Season 2 trailer still has not come out yet. So these leakers can really just, you know, try to, try to figure their shit out a little bit more. I looked on the Star Wars leaks uh, subreddit to see if there was anything on there that was worth mentioning. And all I saw was uh, Corey from KRT saying, well, you know, all I can say is that the, the people, our sources say that the, that Mando Season 2 looks awesome. And, you know, the, they, they recut the trailer to, to put something in it, blah, blah, blah. Basically a bunch of bullshit. So uh, we will have no Star Wars leaks nonsense in this cast. Uh, unfortunately, those people, those leakers are, are pretty far off on their most recent predictions. Uh, but we'll kick it off like we usually do with our, you know, our collecting segment. We have uh, two new reveals here from Hot Toys, and that is Season 7, Ahsoka Tano, 1-6 scale, and 501st Clone Trooper, 1-6 scale. Um, If you, I mean, the people listening here, you've always heard Matt talk about Hot Toys. You've probably heard Jared and Jason and many of the other toy photographers talk about the quality of Hot Toys, and this Season 7, Ahsoka reaches that level plus some. I mean, you get some excellent Excellent pieces here. So, you get she has a, 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 soft, glo- a soft goods cloak uh, similar to the one that you see at the end of season seven when she's standing on the planet, kind of amongst the graves of her fallen uh, clone trooper comrades, and she whips up that, that hood. So, she, you have a, an all gray soft goods cloak. You get her uh, two blue lightsabers that uh, Anakin gave her. So she's not whipping her old one. She's actually whipping the blue lightsabers. You can get a, you get a thermal detonator. You get a bunch of different hands. You get the stand for, and you also get three uh, basically hollow communicator uh, variants, one with Yoda, one with Obi-Wan Kenobi, one with Anakin Skywalker on it. So you can kind of pose her looking at the hollow communicators, talking to uh, each of those individual masters. Yes, Anakin was a master at this time. Even though he wasn't, uh, you know, he was on the council, but he was not a master. Forgive me. But in my mind, he he should have been a master. That was just Mace Windu's dickishness that kind of took that away from him. Um, So you get, you know, what what I think is really interesting about this Ahsoka is that her face sculpt actually makes her look slightly older than what I can remember from season seven, she looks like a much more mature Ahsoka, which I think is really cool because it's leading into what we're eventually going to see in Mando season two with a much older Ahsoka, even leading into rebels where you do get a more mature faced Ahsoka Tano. You get to see her as more of an adult than, than, you know, the child slash, you know, teenager that she was during the clone wars. So this face sculpt is a really cool middle ground between like, early seasons Clone Wars Ahsoka and Rebels Ahsoka where she is much older. Um, so that's the, uh, that's the Ahsoka Tano version of this. And then you also get the 501st Battalion Clone Trooper, which, uh, which Matt was very impressed with, especially uh, the deluxe variant because with the deluxe variant, you get a ton of, uh, of new accessories. So you get a rotary cannon, you get a clone backpack, a clone phase one helmet. And then you also get the siege of Mandalore. Uh, they call it the Ahsoka clone unit helmet. So the orange helmet that's worn by all of the, uh, the 501st that was basically given to Ahsoka to lead into the siege of Mandalore at the end of season seven. Um, you know, with the clone variants and, you know, whether it be 1.6 scale, one twelve scale or anything like that, you know, you always get a very similar look to them. There's not much variation you can put into a clone. Uh, but I will say that this 501st clone variant with the weathering that's that's put on it by by default and all of the, uh, the deluxe variant upgrades does look really fucking awesome. I mean, I'm excited to see what kind of setups we get out of the, the 1.6 uh, scale shooters like Trevor, 1.6 shooter himself, uh, what he comes up with with this new 501st clone variant and the deluxe versions with the different head sculpts and stuff. So um, good stuff out there. You can uh, There hasn't been a, a price or release date updated for this yet, um, but stay tuned, as you know, either to us or XClue, uh, We will give you that information when it drops. Matt's estimation on this is going to be between 240 and 265. That's the range that he threw out there. So um, that's that's the news on the S7 Ahsoka 1-6 scale hot toys and the, the 501st clone trooper. So it's out there. Check out StarWarsTime.net. Our post is on there, and it's got all the cool shots that you want to see on it. So check that out. Our next piece of collecting news, our last piece of con- uh, collecting news for this week is the Cad Bane Black Series convention exclusive. So we talked about this a while back. There was a rumor that that there was going to be, you know, the con-exclusive Cad Bane was going to be released outside of the convention circuit since there is no convention circuit for 2020. And we have finally gotten that reveal. It is available now. This Cad, uh, Cad Bane Black Series convention exclusive is available now in the UK. But there has been no news about a U.S. release. For those of you who are U.S.-based, you're going to have to, you know, reach out to your UK buddies. I know we got Tones over here who's in the UK and we have some other, uh, you know, prominent Fandos who, who live in the UK who may be able to sling you guys uh, some of these Cad Banes if you pay for shipping and everything else that goes along with it. But it looks awesome, man. I mean, Cad Bane is just one of those characters that that has such a unique look for the Star Wars universe. You know, the the Duros with the with the fully red eyes, the blue skin, he just pops so much when you compare him to other, even other aliens in Star Wars. I mean, the only person that is as vibrant as him, that, in in my opinion, is somebody like, you know, like Thrawn, that has the same kind of color palette, the blue with the red eyes. And then you have you know, some of the, the brighter colored Twileks and Tagrudas like Ahsoka Tana or like Shakti, something like that. But, you know, it's you you rarely see a bounty hunter that that has this awesome look like Cad Bane does. Um, so if you look at what comes in the box, so you get Cad in his full glory, um, you know, and then with the uh, with his, you know, brown coat, his hat, you have the tubes coming off the side of his head. And in my opinion, his face sculpt's really cool because it looks menacing. He's got like a grimace on his face, like a, I'm going to fuck you up, get ready to get shot in the head, uh, kind of look from Cad Bane. He also comes with his two blaster pistols as well. So if you've seen Clone Wars, you know that he always whips two pistols. And then he also comes with his, uh, his mini droid companion, uh, 2 do 360. So um, that's going to be all you get in the package for the Cad Bane Con exclusive release in the UK. Um, like I said, we don't have any news on a US uh US based release for this, but if we do get any news on it, we'll let you guys know first. Because that's what we do. We put it up, you guys read it. Also, this comes in the new Black Series box, so you get an awesome little uh you know mural of CAD on the side of the box. Ace is all around, in in my opinion. I mean, we talked about this CAD Bane. Exclusive a, a bit a while back, and it does. It kind of lives up to the to the expectations of a of a con exclusive black series, in my opinion. Now, if Matt was here, he'd probably be shitting on it because I don't know anything about toys, and he does. But I think it looks cool because I think Cad Bane looks cool. Uh, sticking on the the con exclusive merchandise kind of you know train that we're on now, there has been. Uh, a, a shop released now for Star Wars Celebration 2020 merch. So if you are one of the fans that either had uh, a 2020 ticket that was planning on converting that over into 2020 merch credits, that store is now open. Uh, it is shop.starwarscelebration.com. Uh, so head there and you can, even if you don't have uh, the the ticket for 2020 and you still wanted to make a purchase, you can do that. So you can go there, you can check out, you can pay by whatever method you want to. But if you did have the ticket and you wanted to convert it over into merch, you can do that. Uh, I will say that I'm pretty disappointed in, in what's available here. I know that they probably held back uh, on on you know the merchandise and everything that that you know was potentially going to be available at celebration itself, itself but. I mean, you only have a few things here that are, that are you know, Celebration 2020 exclusives that you can get through this site. So you have a BB-8 avocado t-shirt. So it is literally just a shirt, a black t-shirt that has BB-8 in the shape of an avocado on there. Uh, so I would not buy that. And then on the back, you'll see it says Celebration, uh, Star Wars Celebration on it. Uh, I think it's dumb as fuck. I would not get it. But you know what? Some people like shit like that. So head... Uh, head to it if you want it. There is a <laughs> the, what this is called a geeky tiki atat punch bowl. So what you have is the the at from Hoth that essentially gets you know the one that gets dropped down once the legs are taken out from it uh, from under it. So it's it's kind of in that prone position and its back is is to be used as a punch bowl. So that's kind of cool. Um, so you could use that as a as a glass, as a as a serving bowl or whatever else you want. That's eighty bucks though, eighty buckaroos for this. Uh ATAT punch bowl. It's all it's it's made out of full ceramic, from what I can tell. And I mean it does look cool, you know. It's a it's a cool looking thing, but I don't know if it's $80 worth of cool. Uh one thing that you'll notice too is a lot of this merchandise is gonna be ESB 40th anniversary, either branded or themed. Uh because that is, you know, 2020 celebration, as we can see from the releases now, from the, the reveals that we're getting now, probably was not going to have too many big, huge reveals that were going to shake up the Star Wars universe, that were going to, you know, be worthy of merchandise. So it was probably going to be a, a, a 40th anniversary for ESB Heavy uh, Con this year. So moving on from the punch bowl, you got a Minox Suction Cup plush, so you can put that on the window of your car. You have a Tauntaun and Removable Luke plush, you have a, a pretty standard uh, baseball tee, so a three-quarter sleeve baseball tee that's just got 40th uh, anniversary. Uh, it says 40th uh, Empire Strikes Back on it, and you have the, you know, the, the silhouetted Luke and Vader fight from Bespin on there. Have a similar style hat with the 40th ESB. You have a, uh, a blue jersey tee, so not a three-quarter sleeve, an actual just, you know, like uh, T-sleeve length. Uh, that has the same exact thing on it, literally 40 uh, Empire Strikes Back, and then you have some some branded um, Anaheim merchandise. So you have a a t-shirt here along with a pin. It's a t-shirt pin combo for 50 bucks that has the the 40th anniversary, you know, themed uh, t-shirt. It's got Anaheim 2020 Star Wars celebration. You have Han, you have Chewie, you have Imperial Probe Droid on there, and then you also have the IPD Han and Chewie pins that come along with that. So that's uh, 50 for the combo. You have a lunchbox, so like a tin. This is a, this is actually pretty cool for those of you who are collectors who like vintage style merchandise. This lunchbox at 20 bucks is pretty legit. So it's a it's a tin full tin uh, rectangular lunchbox, 40th anniversary ESB branded. And it does have the old style kind of comic uh, animation on it. So it's really awesome. The side panels have, you know, Vader, Tauntaun, uh, Luke on Tauntaun on there. The front panel of it is Han, Luke, I mean Han, Leia, C-3PO, and Chewbacca on the Falcon. So if there was one thing that I would probably make a purchase on here, it would probably be that t-shirt. Uh, or not that T-shirt, this uh, this tin lunchbox. You have three other T-shirts that are, um, you know, ESB 40th themed. So a lot of different variations of shirts for ESB 40th merchandise. Uh, you have the Empire Strikes Back Millennium Falcon uh, interior cockpit shot that you can buy as a sunshade for your car so that uh, the shades that go up in your front window for those of you who live in super hot places like me, you know, like, you know, if you're a Texan or if you live in the South, during the summer, it's nice to have a a sunshade for your car if you don't have a garage to park in or something uh, that that covers your vehicle. Uh, there's a Mando and uh, you know there's a Mando pin set and t-shirt combo. So the the t-shirt is the very very similar to the Anaheim 2020 that has the Chewy, Han, and IPD on it. This one has Cara Mando and IG11 on it. No baby Yoda. And you also get the matching pin set as well. So you get the Kara, the Mando, the IG-11 pin set. Um, that is a $50 combo as well. But that one is sold out currently. And then when it comes to, you know, when things are sold out here, I don't know if they restock. Like I really don't think that they're going to restock a lot of this merchandise. Like once it's gone, it's gone. Um, that's the only thing on the store that is sold out though. Everything else is still available Uh, And then the final piece of merchandise here is a Tross uh, t-shirt and pin set combo. So, again, very similar to the Mando and to the ESB 40th. You have Anaheim 2020 on the shirt, Star Wars Celebration. Your trio on this one is – actually, it's a pretty solid trio. You get Babu Frick, you get C-3PO, Red Eye C-3PO, so you get, you know – rampo as people were expecting but that did not come to fruition and then you also get zori bliss and that is the trio on the pin set as well uh so any pin set t-shirt combo is 50 uh you can look for that the standard t-shirts are 30 between 32 and 30 and then the lunchbox tin is 20 if you want that so check it out all of the merchandise is up there and available for you to purchase at your own uh, you know, discretion shop.starwarscelibration.com. Hit it up. Uh, so that's the that's the you know, collecting and merchandising side of our podcast this week. Uh, some new things out there for you collectors. And if if those of you who, who were super stoked about Celebration 2020 want to be able to have something from it, you can get it now. shop.starwarscelebration.com. Uh, staying on the con circuit there is actually a con that went off this year and this is gamescom 2020 now it wasn't in person you didn't have the crush of people that usually show up to the big german game show Uh, but you still did get some good reveals you still did get some looks at upcoming video games and hey there was some star wars stuff in there as well Unfortunately, it was mostly Star Wars stuff that we knew about, and the looks that we got weren't... I wouldn't say that they were super, super special. Uh, they didn't really give you a, a ton of information or a ton of new you know, new looks at these games that you would be excited about. I would say that the biggest one that we got was, was finally some, some gameplay from Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, that is. So we get a game page, gameplay trailer. It's about two and a half minutes long. It's not showing you. It's not like a an actual gameplay walkthrough or a demo or anything like that. It is a trailer that kind of cuts through areas of gameplay to give you that cinematic, you know, Skywalker saga trailer. So you get to see from the beginning, you know, from Episode four, boom, you see some of that. You see some old, uh, some prequel era stuff. You see some sequel era stuff. Um, and I will say that the gameplay actually looks really. Fucking good. I mean, the Lego games always have, you know, really fun, quirky gameplay. They always have comedic moments added into it. In this trailer, you get to see, you know, when when Ray goes to Acto and she's handing over the saber to the the obscured Luke, because you know that Luke is like turned around, you see his back with the with a cloak on it. When Luke turns around, it's actually just three um oh man. It's three of the birds that just fucking slipped my mind. Uh, three porgs stacked on top of each other in Luke's uh, cloak, and they just do their little porg noise. And then uh, actual Luke kind of comes in from the left and is like, oh, there's my fucking, there's my, my robe. Uh, so you get a good two-minute-long gameplay trailer for Skywalker Saga, Honestly, it does look really cool. It is a game that I'm excited for. I used to play the Skywalker. Well, not the Skywalker. I used to play the Lego Star Wars games uh, when I was younger, around the prequel era, when all of those games were coming up leading up to, uh, you know, the end of ROTS and everything like that. Um, So that one's really cool. Spring 2021 release date. So we have a while until it comes out. Um, and, And right now it's... I don't think that they announced any actual consoles that it will be on because more than likely you're going to get this on on PS5 and uh, Xbox Series whatever the fuck. Xbox Series S, Xbox Series X, whatever series you get, it will be on that. Um, Unsure about the uh, backwards compatibility. So a lot of games that are releasing now, if you purchase them, Uh, for one generation they will also be playable on another more specifically if you purchase them on ps4 xbox one there will be cross generation compatibility with the ps5 and xbox series whatever Um, so that is not known yet um for this uh for this game it looks like Xbox Series X and Xbox One is what it's planned for right now. I'm sure that that will also release on PS5 and PS4. Um, 4K, HDR, so you're going to get full resolution. It's not going to be some chinky, dinky, rip-off version of the game. But that is available spring 2021. Uh, we also got a... Um, a single player pre—they call it a single player preview for Star Wars Squadrons. Honestly, it was pretty, you know, pretty disappointing in my opinion. They—they—they um, they, they show you basically two minutes of a of one of the missions that you would be going on uh, on the Imperial side of the single player story because your story is split into two. Your story is split into uh, New Republic and Imperial Remnant. And one of the missions that that uh, you go on on the Imperial Remnant side is a extraction and and uh, you know, I guess it would be you know, an extraction and a uh, you know, what is it called? It's like a fought like you have to you have to escort escort mission extraction and escort. There we go. I'm not that fucking dumb. I figured it out. Give me a little bit of time. Um, so you as an Imperial Remnant pilot. Your uh, your you know the player that you're playing as the entire time because you play as one person on the New Republic side, one person on the Imperial Remnant side. Uh, you are sent to go behind enemy lines above Hosnian Prime. So this is before, like I said, this is you know this game is taking place well before TFA timeline. Um, so this is still when the Imperial remnant was around, this is not first order yet. This is still pretty soon after the fall of the empire, after return of the Jedi. Uh, but you're going over Hosnian prime to, to rescue and escort, um, one of the, you know, cut, you know, one Imperial remnant pilot that's caught behind enemy lines. So you have to go through and basically assault a, the enemy blockade, the new Republic blockade. And and to do that, you have to do what you did in, you know, some of the older games like, you know, Battlefront two's aerial missions. So you have to go through, you have to knock out the defenses on each ship. So you knock out their life support systems, knock out their shield systems, knock out their communications relays and all that stuff. And once you do that and you clear out the blockade, then you start the escort portion of your mission to take this Imperial Remnant pilot from there above, you know, from the area above Hosnian prime to the extraction area. uh, And then boom, there you go. Your mission is over. Uh, It was pretty basic. Honestly, Um, you didn't really get to see a lot. You got to see, you know, I think what, you know, the beginning of the video essentially shows you the, the game's prologue from what I can tell it's Leia. It's a voiceover of Leia kind of walking you through the events that led up to um, the story that's being told in Star Wars Squadrons. And then after that, you just get a, a brief look at a you know, what's essentially the, the, the mission being given to uh, the Imperial officer who then gives it to you as the pilot to, to undertake the mission. So um, it was a cool look for those of you who haven't seen any uh, Star Wars Squadrons gameplay yet. It will be super exciting because the game itself looks awesome. It's an awesome-looking game. There's lasers flying everywhere. You're in fucking space. Your cockpit looks dope, and it's just a—it's a cool experience. The game does look like it's going to be a cool experience. I was just hoping to get a little bit more from this trailer, literally three minutes. But like I was saying in in the uh, you know in previous podcasts, you probably weren't going to get too much on these games, but. We're still looking down the barrel of an October release for this game. So for those of you who are interested, uh, Xbox One, PS4, PC, get ready for it, October, some point in time. Uh, The last piece that we got here was actually super disappointing for me. Like, you know, when you go to Gamescom, it's the biggest gaming convention of the year alongside of E3 and Tokyo Game Show. Like, this is, you know there was a reveal like, Oh, this never before seen star Wars content is coming to you. What could it be? And I was, you know, I was looking forward to like an actual like new game. Like, what is this new game going to be? And come to find out it is literally a Sims for expansion that allows you to, to, you know, build and, and live out your star Wars Sims fantasies on Batu. Um, so this Sims 4 update or, you know, whatever it's called, you know, expansion pack. Uh, it's called The Sims 4 Star Wars Journey to Batuu. It is releasing on September 8th, 2020. So you if you have Sims 4 and you want to play this through and, and you know, have some fun in, in Batuu, you can do that next week. It'll be available uh, Tuesday, September 8th. Uh, but that was really it, man. It was it was it was disappointing. From in my opinion, from the you know the reveals and stuff here, yes, it was really cool to see actual gameplay of Star Wars the sky or, or Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Uh, but in my opinion, the what was shown of squadrons was pretty meh. And then the reveal like this reveal of the uh, of you know the Batu expansion for Sims 4 is just like really, really is this what fucking EA is doing with the license? Like ugh, stab in the in the chest. Um, one other piece of updated news, uh, for games is if you are a Swago player, there are two new characters that are now available or will soon be available for you to start your journey to unlock. And that is old man, Luke Acto Luke from the prequel or from the sequel trilogy and, uh, resurrected Emperor Palpatine from the sequel trilogy as well. Um, both of those are available for you or now available in the journey guide. Uh, so if you go to your journey guide on Star Wars Galaxies of Heroes or Galaxy of Heroes, you'll see them right next to, uh, you know, basically Tross Ray and Tross Kylo. These are both considered um, Legends characters as well. So are Galactic Legends. So that's like a new designation for characters. You have... Legendary characters like CLS, Commander Luke Skywalker, like Emperor Palpatine, regular Emperor Palpatine. But these are now going to be uh, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. And they don't actually call him Palpatine. They just call him Sith Eternal Emperor. Um, These are now considered galactic legends as well. And if anything, if we know anything about, you know, uh, the way that these, these have shaken out, you know. I I expect uh, Sith Emperor, Eternal Sith Emperor, so basically, Tross Palp to be a little bit stronger than CLS. Like, if you look historically through the game, the dark side always kind of has a little bit more power, except with Galactic Legend Rey versus Galactic Legend Kylo. Supreme Leader Kylo is actually significantly weaker than. Uh, you know, whatever you want to call her, Jedi Knight Ray or, tri- you know, I just call her Tross Ray. Um, I expect Sith Eternal Emperor to be probably better than, than Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. There are a lot of, uh, you know, the way that these journeys work now for Galactic Legends is that they're, they're done in, uh, you know, in three sections and each section has their own prerequisites behind it. And they are not easy prerequisites. Like, these are high-level relics that you need to have on these characters to be able to do it. So the first set of prereqs for Sith Eternal Emperor is... uh, So Emperor Palpatine, Standard Emperor Palpatine, Relic 7. Darth Vader, Relic 7. Royal Guard, Relic 3. Admiral Piet, which is the new release, Relic 5. And and Director Krennic, Relic 4. Like, that is some... That's going to take a while for anybody to get to. I know that they have the whales out there. The intern is, you know, probably fucking losing his mind over this shit about all of the, the new characters that he's going to have to relic. Um, in terms of the Jedi Master Luke, this is only phase one, too. Phase two and three for these characters hasn't even been revealed yet. So this is just stuff you need for phase one. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Old Ben, Relic 5. Uh, JTR, so Jedi Training Ray is Relic 7. C-3PO, Relic 5. Mon Mothma, Relic 5. 3PO and Chewie combo. So that's the one of the new characters released again. Relic 4. Like, this is fucking heavy, heavy work you have to put in here for these characters. So, oh man, there you go. Um, so two new characters for Swago. As most of you know, Matt and I are huge fans of this game. So, fucking do it, man. Fucking do it. Just start playing. It is free. You can do it for free. I just unlocked Darth Revan. Yes, I am that far behind some of the the more advanced people in this game. I'm sorry. I got I got to the game a little late and it shows in my progression. So, I'm a I'm a new a new Darth Revan haver. My next up is going to be Darth Malak to finish off that deadly combo. And, yeah, so that's your video game update for for this week. Sims 4, Journey to Batuu. Get it next week if you want it. If you want it. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga Spring 2021 trailer is available now. Hit up StarWarsTime.net and look for the Gamescom 2020 opening night Star Wars wrap-up article because I have all three of the trailers there. And then, of course, we get the single-player preview for Star Wars Squadrons all up in one post, StarWarsTime.net. Hit it up. Give me one second. I'm going to drink some water because I'm talking all by myself now, and I've been talking for more than 30 minutes straight. All right, peoples. Now that I have a little bit of water in me, I can bring you through the newest High Republic reveal. It's the thing that everybody who is a Star Wars Expanded Universe novel slash comic book fan is probably getting pretty excited about. We were supposed to have High Republic in our hand already, actually. September 1st was the initial release date for Charles Soule's The Light of the Jedi, the High Republic launch novel that I was pretty hyped about. But unfortunately, it got pushed back in its place is now uh, Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. But what's good about the about the delay is that we get to have this kind of slow burn reveal of all of these high Republic characters that are gonna, you know, be introduced to us through novels, through comic books, and you know that we're going to be able to grow with and and, and, and really, uh, you know, build a, a story around with these new novels and comics. But this character that was revealed, recently this week, is not actually a new character. It's an old character except he's a lot younger. So now we're getting a look at High Republic Yoda, and uh, he will be introduced to us in in High Republic form through uh, Daniel Jose Older's Star Wars The High Republic Adventures comic series that is set to release in 2021. Um, This version of Yoda is again, 200 years younger than we remember him in, in ROTJ. So in, in the original trilogy timeline, he was 900 years old, around 900 years old. He didn't give us an exact number around 900 years old. Um, and this new version of Yoda, this younger version is going to be 700-ish. Um, and, and this is the quote that you know was given on the Star Wars uh, Starwars.com article about Mr. High Republic Yoda. Uh, it says, while he's already a respected member of the Jedi Council at this point, we meet Yoda in IDW's The High Republic Adventures series, doing what he loves best, looking out for the young folks. In this case, a group of Padawans traveling across the galaxy to learn the ways of the Jedi with a hands-on approach. The Force Study Abroad program, basically. So that is still Yoda's focus at this point. Even though it's you know he's 200 years younger, he still is very much a teacher. He's very much a mentor to the younger generation of Jedi. And if you think about his lifespan, I mean, if you go 200 years more back from here, from the High Republic, he's probably still a a Jedi Master who's on the Council. I mean, at 500 years old, he's probably, you know, I don't know if he's been on there 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, but he's probably a well-seasoned Jedi Master. Um, but he's, but he is, he's very focused on mentoring and bringing up the, the young ones, the Padawans, the younglings, just like we saw in the prequel trilogy. He is training the younglings to, to make sure that they're following along the Jedi path correctly. Um, but it seems like now in his quote unquote youth in his younger days, Yoda is doing it a little bit more. You know, hands-on. He's out in the galaxy. But also, this is during a time where you're not in open war. In the prequels, there was literally a war going on, so it was a little bit more dangerous to take the Padawans out to, you know, wherever you want to go, Dantooine, where there are uh, kyber crystal mines and stuff like that for them to, you know, to hunt for, for crystals or something. Um, so So now they're going to be out in the galaxy learning about the Force, using the Force, learning from, you know probably one of the greatest Jedi grandmasters that ever was. So, uh, it's really cool that that is the the type of Yoda that we're seeing. There's also two pieces of concept art that released along with it. Well, that were done by Grant. Uh, I know his name, Grant Griffin. Uh, and it is cool to see like a younger Yoda, like, he doesn't look like a fucking spry baby Yoda like we see in Mando. But you can see like he's got less wrinkles. He's got he doesn't have like the wispy gray hair on the top of his head yet. He looks like he might shave it or it's just starting to kind of stubble in there. Uh, but his face like what's really cool is if you look at his face, the way that Grant Griffin has drawn him, uh, it, it it's a lot more salty. I put there's there's a bit more spit. In in this Yoda than we than you know the Yoda that we're used to seeing, the 800, 900 year old Yoda that we're used to seeing in the Skywalker saga, he's got, almost got like a like a scowl on his face. And one of the uh, images, he's whipping his brown Jedi tunic and then the robe on top of it. But he also has his lightsaber ignited, and he like he looks mean. He looks angry, and it's it's a different look for Yoda. And then uh, the other piece of art is in his more formal wear a nice white sashed tunic with a gold belt and then a gold, uh, a gold cloak that he's wearing over that he's got, he's still whipping his, uh, his walking, uh, walking stick. He still needs that even at 700. I know that's 200 years off of his legs, but he still needs that walking stick. Uh, And he does, he has like an incredulous look on his face. It's actually pretty cool. It's, it's, it's different. You never really see Yoda angry, You know, the one time that we really got to see or two times that we got to see Yoda like that was, you know, him fighting Sith when he first fought against uh, Dooku in episode two. But even at that point, like he's just fucking with Dooku and you could see it on his face. He's like having fun with this guy. And then at the end of ROTS, of course, when he's fighting Sidious is the other time where you really get to see a, uh, you know, a little a little bit of anger, a little bit of uh, determination come out on the face of Yoda because Jedi do not feel anger. They are at peace with the world and with the Force. Uh, So go check it out. Uh, StarwarsTime.net, High Republic Yoda Revealed is the name of the article. It's actually pretty cool just to look at these two concept art pieces, get some thoughts behind uh, Grant uh, Grant Griffin and the other members of the LucasArts or Lucasfilm uh, art department that are working on this High Republic era. So good stuff there. The last piece of news before we get into our fan segment for this week. Yes, there was no question of the week. I did not want to burden all of you people with a question of the week. And it was just going to be me here by myself. We did have two battles go off. So I'll recap those. And then we have our top five as well. Uh, But this last piece of news is something that I'm super fucking stoked about. It's a rumor. It didn't come from star Wars leaks. It came from a, an interview with one of my favorite actors. Okay. Like, this guy is somebody that I've been enjoying his work since I was a child and it's Jeff Goldblum. So Jeff Goldblum sat down uh, with Insider magazine for an interview and somehow or another it, it came up like a question came up from the Insider interview and they asked him it was like oh what's your thoughts on The Mandalorian? You know, Jeff is a is a, you know, a purveyor of geeky things. I mean, if you look at his resume, his IMDb page, he's got, you know, Jurassic Park one, Jurassic Park two. He's going to be in Jurassic World Dominion, I believe. He was briefly in uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. The Fly, Thor Ragnarok, Independence Day. If you like Wes Anderson movies, he was in The Life Aquatic and all of these other great kind of geek properties, So, you know, when somebody, you know, sees Jeff Goldblum, they're going to ask him some geeky questions. Uh, And his response to what are your thoughts on The Mandalorian, Uh, he said this. He said, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan, of course, of Taika Waititi. I adore him. Always did before I even worked with him. And maybe we'll do something again together. We've talked about doing something else that has to be secret right now but i would do anything with him sure and disney plus are just a great bunch so when i read this i was like holy shit i mean yes uh, jeff worked with with taika on thor ragnarok he was the the you know grandmaster in that movie and jeff was fucking great if you haven't seen thor ragnarok well, one, if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, that is the movie that really changed, not really, I wouldn't say completely changed the tone of the MCU, but it revitalized the, the, the feeling around the MCU, especially around the Thor character. Thor was kind of like, Thor had a really fucking great first movie, then had a really down second movie, and then Thor Ragnarok was just like, boom, stratospheric work, and it was done by Taika, and it was done by Taika. So that is what's interesting about this is that these two characters or these two people are linked already through Thor Thor Ragnarok, and now we know that Taika is signed on to do what we assume is the next live action Star Wars film, not Disney Plus, you know, TV show, not Disney Plus property film. So, and and like Jeff said in this, he says we've talked about doing something else that has to be secret right now. So in my little Star Wars fan head and also Jeff Goldblum fan head. I'm like, fucking Tyka is going to put Jeff Goldblum in the next Star Wars movie. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what his piece is going to be. I don't care if it's a cameo. I don't care if it's a bit role. I don't care what, I don't care if he's an alien or what. I want this to happen just because, you know, Jeff Goldblum, whenever he's in something, just brings this, this sense of like, you know, fun to it. It's, he's a, he plays fun characters, uh, so I re, I would really like to see Taika work him into his live action Star Wars movie some way in some way shape or form. I just want to see that happen. Um, so that's like this uh you know this this piece of news here that or this, this not really news but this potential rumor that that Jeff could be coming to the Star Wars universe and I think it would be fucking awesome. The two have a great rapport already. Uh, Jeff has said just, you know, in this quote that he loves to work with Taika. Uh, so I'm a big fan of this. Get Jeff Goldblum in the Star Wars universe. He's always, he's already in the, uh, the Jurassic Park now universe. I mean, you have Jurassic Park one, two, three, then you have Jurassic World one, two, and we're getting ready to have three. He's already in the MCU. Get him in Star Wars. We need some Jeff Goldblum in our Star Wars, man. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of this rumor. I really do. I really do hope it happens. Uh, and that's it. That's it for the news this week. I mean, it was pretty light. Like I mentioned, uh, there was really nothing on the Star Wars leaks Reddit subreddit because probably they've realized that their leakers are a bit of fortune tellers, and you know, maybe they don't always hit on things. I mean, we'll see what happens with that whole section, subsection of the Star Wars fandom. Uh, one other thing that I will mention is I didn't choose to write this because I didn't think it was really necessary, and it was probably just going to cause a shitstorm amongst uh, Star Wars fans out there. But but Daisy Ridley did have an interview recently with a uh, you know with a uh, entertainment news outlet I don't know who it was, saying that that directly after the release of TROS she did have some some trouble landing roles or finding work to be done. But since then has has you know found a lot of work, whether it be through voiceover, whether it be through video games, whether it be through, uh, you know, regular film acting. So, uh, she did have a bit of trouble finding work after the release of Tross. And, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, well, you know, the angry star Wars fans will say like, oh, well, yeah, she sucked. She doesn't deserve to get work anymore. It's fucking stupid, whatever. Uh, who cares? She doesn't deserve to get work. But if you just, just look at the history of star Wars actors from the beginning of Star Wars movies, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, essentially just, you know, never had big roles again in, in in Hollywood. And, you know, for Mark, he made his dollars and he made his his mark on Hollywood and on the world through voice acting. And he's one he is, in my opinion, outside of Heath Ledger, like he plays one of the best jokers you'll ever see. And then Carrie Fisher Moved into more of the production side of of you know Hollywood, doing becoming a, a a script guru. I mean, people would literally send her scripts and she would fix them. She would just you know take this drivel that people send her and she would turn it into something really good. She also did have some bit acting pieces as well, but never anything that was like you know full stardom again, like she saw in Star Wars. I mean, in the prequels, like what other actor? you know, has fallen off the map like fucking Hayden Christensen after the prequels, man. It was sad. It was something that I really wish wouldn't have happened because he was, he was such a bright star and he literally just kind of plummeted uh, down to earth after that. Um, luckily, you still had people like Natalie Portman, like Ewan McGregor, that, you know, weren't really affected by the Star Wars prequels that much. And went on to to do some really incredible things in Hollywood. Natalie Portman winning an Oscar for her role in Black Swan. Um, so it's not surprising that you know people weren't chopping at the bit to immediately hire her again after you know movies that made almost four billion dollars combined. Uh, three movies that made almost four billion dollars combined had just finished their run. So. And, you know, in that interview, she mentions that she was actually, you know, she kind of panicked at first. But then, you know, once things started rolling in, she was actually a little grateful that, you know, she had some time off just to process what she had done to let, you know, herself kind of calm down a little bit after all the work she had put into Star Wars. So now uh, you'll start seeing Daisy Ridley back out in Hollywood again, whether it be through voice acting or video games or, you know, on-screen roles and stuff. She's getting... Uh, those roles again so not up on StarWarsTime.net but I thought it was worth a quick mention here uh, just for those of you who are interested in in Daisy and her work Uh, by the way if if you want to see her on something other than Star Wars go watch uh, Murder on the Orient Express it was a movie that released two three years ago it was after the it was definitely after TFA so go check that out very good movie based off an Agatha Christie novel good good stuff all right let us now transition into the fan segment of the podcast. It won't be as long as it usually is, but I'll still give you all the information that you need to know from the boys. Um, first up is going to be our battle bracket update. The droid Throwdown is what I'm calling it, or I'm shifting in between names now. I'm just trying to decide on something that I like. But first up, I said first up, I said uh, the droid Battle Royale. And the first battle of that was uh, Chopper versus BB-8. And this was a pretty hefty blowout here. This was 77% to 23% for for Chopper. 83 votes to 25 votes. Um, Notable BB-8 voters. I'm only going to call out notable voters for the loser from now on. I don't want to take up everybody's time here. Uh, Kingdom of Weird voted for BB-8. You have Apollo Ape voted for BB-8. And Beer Man Photography voted for BB8. Um, I mean, I like in my opinion, it's a hard showdown. You have a BB unit versus an, like a, a standard Astromech unit. And I will say that that uh, <laughs> that Chopper definitely seems more willing to fight than than BB8 does. You know, he is, he's a salty little bastard and he's gonna, he's gonna want to fight more than BB-8 wants to fight. And, you know, I think even though that they have comparable pieces of equipment to, to blast each other with, um, Chopper's rocket pack, like the, his ability to kind of like rocket off and fly might give him an advantage in this fight. So I can see, I can see Chopper winning this one, uh, with no issues there. The other fight that we had up, these are essentially our play in matches, was L337, so Leet from Solo versus the B1 Battle Droid from uh, the prequel trilogy. So just from the standard prequel trilogy. Um, this one is actually super low voter turnout. Only like only 51 votes total. Like that's, that's very disappointing where we had over. Uh, over 100 votes for our BB-8 versus our uh, Chopper set here. So that's really fucking disappointing to see that, you know, n- essentially nobody voted on this. But right now it is, let's see, it's 58 to 42 for L3. Um, so 31 votes for L3, 22 votes for BB uh, or for uh, the B1 Battle Droid. Um B1 voters, Kingdom of Weird, Klatu, Lima Four photos, SWTPS, Wildwing, Nicotronus, uh, Jan, Star Wars toy seventy three, Liam, Papa, Action figure snaps, Miss Geeky Gem. I will say, like, guys, I know the B1 battle droid has a gun, but like, the B1 battle droid was they were literally accidentally killed by fucking gungans in in episode one in tpm like uh (laughs) jar jar binks would accidentally kill them he he got like the body of a b1 battle droid stuck to his foot and he was just accidentally shooting and killing all of the ones around him they were so bad they couldn't shoot an alien that was completely unarmed and flailing about like a fool and l3 like matt mentioned when we first did this bracket reveal was literally found the first time that we well not found the first time that we saw her was in a droid fighting ring like she was in the fucking octagon for droids just destroying people uh so i i will say that the the closeness of this vote is is a little weird but you know it does look like L3 is going to make it out so interesting voting habits here by the fandos interesting voting habits indeed so uh, so you, are going to have chopper moving on. You're going to have L three moving on in this, in this poll. And then we will get, uh, moving on to our next battles, uh, upcoming this week. So keep your eyes out on the stories. All right. That is going to move us in to our top five star Wars fan artist features of the week chosen by me and featured initially by Matt. So Matt, sets up a bunch of awesome photos by a bunch of awesome artists on our instagram page and then i go through them and pick my top five for this week and the top five this week is actually pretty awesome it's filled with some new some new people i think actually this may be the first time in a while where our entire top five are new featured artists i don't think that we have one repeat feature here Granted, I've been doing this for a while now, so I can't remember everybody that I've ever featured, but they, you know, some of the names are definitely new here. So, to kick it off, the first top five entry is Marky Mark, M-A-R-K-I-E-M-A-R-C 029 on Instagram. And what we have is a fucking awesome scene recreation from episode eight, season one of Mando. And it's Mando. Actually this is a like a a reimagining of a scene recreation. So in the, in uh, episode 8 you see IG-11 on the speeder with baby Yoda on the front zipping through and you see like this blur effect in the background. IG-11's just fucking blasting everybody away around him as he's on the speeder. Now we see Mando on the speeder with baby Yoda up front. You see baby Yoda with his little ah face going on. Mando zipping through on the speeder. Uh, the blur effect is fucking perfect. And just the, the sense of motion that you get from this photo by Marky MarkyMark029 uh, is absolutely perfectly done. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a fucking great uh, Mando Baby Yoda shot here. At Marky, M-A-R-K-I-E, Mark, M-A-R-C-029 on Instagram. Thumbs up, sir. Well done. This next shot is is like fucking mind-blowingly cool. This is Brimhorn Battalion on Instagram. And what we see is, I don't know what this background is, but it is literally mountains on fire. If you have ever seen... If you live in America, or if you've ever seen the images and videos that people would send when there were these insane wildfires across California, and you would see literal entire sides of mountains just burning, this is what the background of this shot looks like. But what you see in the foreground is a is a squad of uh, Tie fighters flying away from this this fucking disaster that's happening behind them. So you have five ties leaving this, you know, what looks like a a place they they either bombed or they're you know they're just taking off from after setting fire to this entire uh, mountain range. It looks so fucking cool. The background is this just deep orange red from the fire, like the the the. The fire line that you see across the mountain range is insanely well done. Like, I don't know if this is just like a a photo that Brimhorn just uh, superimposed these these five ties in front of. But, man, dude, this shit looks fucking really cool. Um, At Brimhorn Battalion on Instagram. Give him a follow. All right, next up is a a vector art, traditional art piece that we see from commander.sp on Instagram. And it's a really awesome uh, depiction of Clone Wars, Kenobi, and Anakin fighting next to each other, both in their Clone Wars armor. And what you see is Anakin and Kenobi back to back. Anakin's kind of got his saber lit and raised, almost in like the Kenobi style form, like kind of pulled back right next to his head. Uh, Kenobi's got his kind of cross body and they're back to back almost like they're they're surrounded by clones or they're surrounded by not clones, but they're surrounded by droids they are surrounded by some sort of enemy that's around them. And like the battered look that they have on their faces, like they both have like these red eyes, some scrapes and scratches on their face. Uh, you can see that their armor has uh, some some scuffs on it as well. I and mean, this is an awesome, you know, like action oriented, shot from commander SP and it really does in like you know evoke these memories of the clone wars era uh with these two characters with these two iconic uh you know generals battlefield generals uh, uh from the clone wars era so beautiful work here again with you know with traditional art it's just like we look at it and it's like holy fuck man this is it's just cool and we can't really say anything about it you know like Matt, if, if when Matt's on the show, he can say, like, oh yeah, this is the, you know, whatever it is, Hot Toys Anakin or the whatever. But this is a, a real ass paint version of Anakin and uh, General Kenobi from Clone Wars. So beautiful job at Commander.sp on Instagram. Go give this person a follow. Beautiful, beautiful work. Um, next up in the top five, we have visual visual underscore approach underscore photography with a fantastic scene recreation from ESB. So what we see here is we have Luke Yoda, R2D2 on Dagobah. And Luke is looking down at his sunken uh, X-Wing. This is the moment where leading up to the moment where, you know, the, the do or do not, there is no try this is why you fail. that moment where Luke is trying to raise his X-Wing out of the bog of Dagobah. And you can see, like, this is before he attempts it so that you can, st- you can see in the foreground, the ship is still sunk. It's in the water. They're standing on the, on the edge of the, of the pond or the lake or whatever it is. Yoda is sitting on uh, the little, you know, fallen log that he, that he uh, was sitting on when he was talking to Luke. And then R2-D2 is off to his side. And Luke is just looking down at this thing determined and he's like, how the fuck am I going to do this? How the fuck am I going to do this? And then we know what comes of it. He tries to lift it. He tries to lift it and it doesn't. He turns around and he, you know, he 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 looks at Yoda and he's like, it's too big. It's impossible. You know, you want the impossible. And, uh, you know, then fucking Yoda does it. Yoda fucking does it. And that is a lesson learned for Luke, man. That is a powerful lesson learned for Luke, and but also it's a powerful life lesson for everybody. If you if you go into it and he's, and you tell yourself I can't do this before you even try, you're gonna fail. That is why you fail. So uh, beautiful uh, scene recreation here from Visual Approach Photography. Visual underscore Approach underscore Photography on. Instagram chef's kiss, beautiful stuff. Last in the top five, we have O studio, O D O L underscore studio with a really fucking cool. Like I don't like, I wish that I could, you know, give you a more, you know, <laughs> like uh, a, a better breakdown of the shop. But we have, it, it looks like a, a, a black series, um, Gosh, it's kind of like a death trooper, but the helmet is different. It's not, it's not exactly a death trooper. It's an all-black stormtrooper. It has the Imperial insignia on his shoulder, but it's like rubbed off. It's like very weathered. And this this black stormtrooper is jumping out of sand. He, there's a cape behind him, and he's got like this, this halberd, this fucking giant axe, and he's coming down at Two Tuscan Raiders in the foreground. One of them is just like, like almost like, surprisedly looking back. Is like, what the fuck is that? And the other one is like, pointing almost like pointing to him. Like, come on, we gotta get out of here. They're both holding their gaffy sticks, and this dude just fucking jumps out of nowhere with his fucking halberd in his hand, coming down at these two uh, Tuscan Raiders. The sand explosion, the particle effect that odal studio got in this is absolutely perfect. It almost looks like this dude was like buried in sand and then like rocketed out of the sand towards these guys. Um I mean the the posing is spot on, the particle effect is spot on and just like the it's just such a fucking cool shot to see this black stormtrooper. I don't think it's a death trooper man. I think the like the death trooper helmet is different. Um you just see him jumping out of the sand and he's fucking coming down on these guys, just ripping them to pieces, um, getting, well, getting ready to rip them to pieces. So uh, beautiful work here. Beautiful shot from at Odoll underscore studio on Instagram. That is our top five. There's no top one or Matt breakdown for this week, but uh, don't worry about that because once he's back, we'll have our regularly scheduled program on for you guys. Um, But that's that's the end. That's the end of the Star Wars Time show for this week. You still got a good hour of content. So, you know, make your way slowly through the three and a half hour marathon show that we gave you last week. And then take this one in. This is a nice little driving podcast. This is a nice little, you know, I got an hour of my day to sit down, drink a beer, listen to something. Listen to this cast. A little bit shorter for you. So, uh as we move into our dance, this will be a shorter dance. Matt likes to drag it a little bit. I'm just going to give you guys a nice little twirl, a, di- a dip, and then a-, a slight kiss on the head for our dance here. So, as always, thank you all for listening. We appreciate all of the love and the support that we get from our awesome community. Uh, our Instagram following continues to grow. Our podcast downloads you know, we want them to continue to grow above that 2,000, move into the 3,000s, and, and, and really get that up there. Um, we appreciate all of the, the love and support that we get from our awesome fan base. And if you are a member of our fan base and would you like to interact with us more, you can do that on our Discord channel. Hit up our, our Instagram page, hit our link tree. And then at the bottom of that link tree you will see the Star Wars Time Discord link. Jump in there. We have some awesome fandos in there already. We talk about a lot of things. We talk about Swago. People use the artist community channel to get feedback on their shots, get ideas, get you know, get uh, get ways to improve their their toy photography. We have a show suggestions channel that you can use if you would like to see us do certain things. We read through those. Last week, we told you that most of our suggestions were to give shit away, and unfortunately, we just don't. We don't like. We already spend enough money doing the show, just hosting it, and then buying merch to sell to you people that you don't buy. Uh, but giveaways maybe in the future, but not immediately. Uh, but yeah, Star Wars Time Discord is there for you to use and peruse at your pleasure. Come join in. It's free. Discord's a free download on your phone or your PC and it's free to be in the Discord community. So do that and, uh, you know, make sure to share us. If you like the Star Wars Time Show, share us with your friends. Subscribe to our podcast on all of the different platforms that we're on. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Android, Deezer, whatever you listen on. And, As Matt says, if you listen to the Star Wars Time show, the Force will be with you, always. Thank you, my friends.